Hey, BSP super fans, you're now listening to episode 19 of the Black Swan Podcast. Uh, this is somewhat of a last minute episode. Abby Fisher and Matthew Lau, aka the Fisher Lau Project, submitted a short Zoom video for our current Sound Solution project, uh, talking about their long distance collaboration over the last several years. Uh, I'm sort of a fly on the wall for this episode, as I totally left it up to Abby and Matt to provide the content. Um, if you're not familiar with our Sound Solution Project, this is a two-week online educational event we host a few times a year. Uh, we release a selection of BSP artists and educator contributions. Uh, we share content from BSP headquarters, and we work with an official BSP retailer on a product promotion. Uh, 15% off most BSP product through Steve Weiss Music in this case. We also launched two new BSP percussion performance packs featuring a small collection of common accessory products at a discounted price. These bundles are appropriate for individuals or programs of all levels. Whether you're spending more time at home practicing these days or expanding your personal collection of instruments for possible on-site rehearsals and performances. This episode of the Black Swamp Podcast is also sponsored by the Percussion Pedagogy Podcast. That's more alliteration. I love it. Hosted by Dr. Tommy Dobbs. This is a newer podcast series from Tommy, focusing on conversations with a diverse roster of educators and scope of topics, and providing up-to-date pedagogical information for all experience levels and not just percussionists. Initial conversations are with Omar Carmenetes, Jamie Esposito, Brad and Crystal Reeves, and Christopher Ha, which can all be found on Tommy's website at www.tommydobbspercussion.com slash podcast, which we'll also throw in our show notes. So now it's time to eavesdrop on Abby and Matt's conversation about their duo and online collaboration. You can also visit our Facebook page or website to view the video conversation, which will be linked in the show notes as well. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. How are you over there in Hong Kong? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we are the Fisher Lau Project. I'm Matthew Lau. I'm Abby Fisher. And we're doing a little sort of casual chat, um, Zoom recording meeting for Black Swan Percussion. Um, so tell, tell everybody where um, you are. Yeah, I am currently living in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I already gave it away, Matt is in Hong Kong. Yep, it's um, nine something in the morning right now. And 9 p.m. or 9.20 p.m. over here. So uh, we recorded uh, a video of us um, doing a, a work by Mauricio Coggle um, for this next edition of Black Swamp Sound, Sound Solution Project. And um, the folks at Black Swamp thought it might be a good idea for us to talk about how we work together. Um, obviously, prior to COVID, we were already apart, um, but we have played together, uh, rehearsed in person while we were apart, and rehearsed in person when we met. Um, so. Let's just talk about that. Yeah, our first first question I'm going to ask you is how did we first meet? And then how did we form our duo, the Fisher Lau Project? 
we met for the first time back in 2011, I believe. Is that right? 2011, yeah. 2010. Or 12. Or, One of those years. I was in NYU. Um, first year grad student or second year grad student i forgot and i saw this you know fierce little chick just walked in and you know audition play some crazy murmur piece um and we had to play with you remember we had to do like a chamber audition and i was like damn she is amazing who is this girl like who is she um we never talked but she left um and then she ended up coming to NYU a year later. Um, so we met at NYU and I, when I first started my DMA program at Stony Brook, um, she was looking into doing a DMA program. So, you know, one thing led to another, um, she went to a bunch of school for lessons and stuff and she got into our school. And um, that's how we first officially played together. Yeah, so we didn't actually start, we started the duo once uh, we were both doing our DMA at Stony Brook, even though we were, you know, playing in Crash Ensemble and all of that uh, at NYU, but then officially playing together um, as a duo at Stony Brook. Yeah, but we used to hang out at NYU regardless, because um, I, was, I, I was kind of part of the program, but I was sort of like a, a gap year student, so I was just doing my auditions, pre-screening tapes and the rep and everything. Um, but you were part of the program, um, so we would like we'll hang out, we would eat, we would do yoga together. You got me started on yoga. Yeah, you should be very proud. I am. Yeah, yoga and then sushi. Sushi. Oh, milestone. Sushi dinners. Of yep. our lives. Yep. So the next question: How did we work together after we left Stony Brook, which was about three years ago? Because we had played together since then. Definitely, yeah. And I was, when preparing for this uh, talk that we're going to have, um, I was looking back at what we've done since 2017, which is when we uh, graduated from Stony Brook. Um, and we have done quite a few performances. Um, we were trying to do at least one performance a year, um, which is, I think, a pretty amazing goal to have, you know, considering our distance. So, you know, figuring out how we were going to actually make that happen, being so far apart and wanting to, you know, get together and practice before that performance and possibly learn new music, which we have done in these years since. So how we actually made that happen was uh, we were only able to accomplish this, I believe, because we had such a strong um, foundation. Like we spent so many hours and years uh, practicing together um, you know, and we built up, uh, you know, a, a good amount of repertoire that we're that we've been able to build on since and and perform some of those pieces again, um, since not being together and having to just have a couple days or hours to practice and get that, this piece back together. Um, but then also, since we know each other so well, and we played so much together, if we are getting a new piece together, um, we can do it in a quicker amount of time because we've worked together before and we know each other and we know how this is going to go and um, we've set up a practice schedule and and things like that so um yeah i think it's having a strong foundation and then having a good plan in place when there's only a couple hours before the performance or um you know having a strategy 
to talk through it and be able to play it, you know, at a moment's notice? I think to be honest, we could do it. Like I, I, I also like sort of thought back in my, the back of my head, like we had a couple of days, we have like a week when we were doing um, transplanted wood in um, Australia, right? We had a week almost. Um, and then we had sometimes like five days to rehearse. But like if the next gig that we got, like we only have whatever engagement we have, you know, in our lives. And then we have to come to, you know, fly to whatever place and then we'll make it happen in two days. I feel like we could do it. Like, I think we could do it. We could make it happen. It's just the planning prior to that and how we practice our parts personally and then how we come up with the practice schedule that would work before and then also the two days we come together. I really think it will work because yeah. I was thinking, just thinking about that. Like, Yeah. And something that, that, that you have been really great at for our, our duo is making click tracks. Um, you've been amazing at doing that. And so we're able to practice separately and know our parts really well um, and then be able to come together and, and, you know, that part is not, you know, you got to come with your part totally prepared and then be able to incorporate that into the other person's part and knowing their part just as well as, you know, your own. So that's something that, you know, we've just learned through be, being in chamber uh, rehearsals, you know, throughout our lives. So that's nothing new, but um, I think you making those clicks in preparation has been pretty awesome too. Yeah, thank you. I think for everybody who's starting in school or, or getting out of school or graduating, they have chamber groups or they have duos. I think it's a really good chance right now in school, you know, not right now, but when you're in school to really work out a pretty big chunk of rep in your whatever genre you're in. Because had we not played all of those crazy difficult dual pieces um, in, you know, back back in school, I don't think we could play something like like anything right now like if, if we get a if we receive a difficult piece we can pretty much rehearse we can you know plan it out what's the most difficult part how should we do this let's set up a schedule something like that but i think a lot has to do with all of those difficult pieces that we played in the past and the, the strong foundation that we had so you know for now and with smart programming and everything, we can we can we can turn a couple of programs with the pieces we already had with new pieces that are slightly not as difficult, you know, all that stuff all together. So Matt, can you address any specific challenges that we've had in our virtual collaboration and how we've tried to work through those challenges? Um, we started working sort of virtually, um, actually when we were doing that performance in Australia, remember uh, we played Apple Bombs, um, Gone Dot Gone, we tried to rehearse on Skype and it just like out after the first, whatever, one minute, or no, you know, 30, second. 30, 30 like, seconds. Are you with me? <laughs> like, it's not going to work. Did you play? Are we together? <laughs> it was just, yeah, we, I know exactly yeah. that. Like, that we're not, that's not going to work. Before yeah, no. So, challenges, yeah. Um, you, we can't rehearse, with, no matter how fast your internet is, we can't rehearse with Skype or Zoom or, you know, whatever app you're doing because there's latency and, and it's just not going to be, like, absolutely together. Um, so, that was a big challenge because all the pieces that we play have a certain style and play a certain way and certain pieces are harder in that certain way. 
Um, so my solution was like what you said, I mean, click tracks um, and really talked about, um, talked through the pieces and how, how, how we work together. And I think prioritizing a lot of the stuff when we do meet together. So like we can do click track for this first two section. And, you know, but when we get together, we should spend a lot of time in this section because this is a, the, the most, you know, noty part and, and we should spend most of our rehearsal on that. Um, that kind of thing. Um, virtual challenge wise, not really, which is amazing. Yeah, so, well, something I remember. Smooth. Yeah, I remember something from um, the working on the piece for Transplanted Roots. Um, we definitely did use the click track uh, for Gone Dog Gone, but I also remember um, like recording myself playing one of the sections to like give yeah. to you and then you would practice with me playing rather than just practicing with a click track and then you would also record yourself playing and I would practice with you playing so it was almost as if we were practicing over zoom but you know just with the recording of the person and then we did that again recently um in preparation for the coggle uh recording um I was like hey Matt here's a version of the coggle but slower than we're going to actually record it at and then you were able to practice with a recording um, of me rather than just practicing with a metronome. And I think that that's a way better way to, if you're gonna do yeah. duo or chamber um, rehearsal with someone over over you know the internet, actually get a recording from them playing rather than just like, well, let's all practice at this metronome marking because you know you're practicing with a human playing music. Yeah, I mean, there's some, of course, there's some sort of like, oh, I'm following you in that sense, because that's just how things will be, even in person. Like, we know that certain parts, I'm following you, you're following me, and, and that's worked out actually the best. Like, I know exactly when you will freak out, and you know when exactly why I will freak out, or like how we will breathe into that. And that will work really well. Like, when I was doing the Kaggle recording, because um, exactly, I know exactly how you play, and when I listened, um, to your, your part with, um, you know, just sitting down with a, with a cup of coffee and like, okay, she sort of sped up a little bit there. So I would just watch her cues in that, in my laptop. Um, mm -hmm. And you can actually see that in the video. My eyes are like, okay, that's my cue. Um, and it worked. Um, that only took two takes. Um, the first take, there were some oopsies because I wasn't quite ready. And then the second one, it was, it was, it was perfect like that. So I think that saves a lot of time, to be honest. So why don't you tell us about how we select repertoire in terms of being a distance duo, right? It's been three years. Yeah, so we, we don't have, we haven't really been thinking of it as being a distance duo because we were in person for so long, we started in person. So um, like we said before, the foundation of, of who we are as a duo um, and our repertoire um, is uh, kind of who we are and what we've taken with us. So um, we don't think of it as um, us sort of preparing in a virtual way um, and how we choose a repertoire in that sense. We have this foundation of work and then we're working from that and continuing to add new pieces on. Um, when we do add new pieces, I guess we do think of, is this gonna, are we gonna be able to learn this completely new piece um, apart from each other. Um, and in that sense, we're not going to pick uh, something that we won't be able to get together um, and, you know, we can't, we can't rehearse for a month 
together. Uh, so we have to be smart in our choices in that sense. But most of our repertoire, um, we haven't thought of it in the sense of being a virtual duo. Yeah, agree. Because I think most, like if we were to come up with two separate programs for let's say, you know, a, a college tour or whatever, right? Program A and program B, I think the backbone of our of, of the both of both programs would be the pieces we play together, which is some of the hardest hardest pieces in the repertoire for, for percussion duo. And we will actually add to that with other slightly different pieces, different style or slight slightly difficult less difficult pieces. The two programs would balance it out and it's not too crazy to learn a lot of crazy rap like you know, distance wise. Because the Coggle, we, I mean, you're playing it with someone in Tennessee, and I played it years ago with another um, uh, 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 student at Stony Brook, but we never played together. So that's like a new piece for us. Like, we're learning it right. essentially apart, and we, you know, it worked, I think. Yeah, I think that's another strategy is um, to take repertoire that uh, either one of us has played before with someone else or that we're looking to play, um, you know, in our own locations, uh, that, but that we also want to play together as a duo. Um, and so we are going to spend a lot of time individually working on it and then we can come together and it's going to be easier because we have worked on the piece a lot um, in person with other people. And then when we come together, we know that the piece is that much better. And we just have to figure out, okay, now I'm going to play with Matt or I'm going to play with Abby. Let's, let's figure this out together. Yeah, and you know when I thought when I thought about it, like our teachers or the other colleagues, the you know more senior colleagues, they've been doing this like for a long time. Like, I mean, how how many how how many times have you heard like our teachers say, "Oh, I have to play this duo concert tomorrow in Italy," and like, how you you're teaching us right now, and what do you what do you mean? Like, oh, I'm flying, you know, and tomorrow I'm playing you know, this dual concert with, um, you know, my dual I'm like, okay, great. Wow, so you just didn't rehearse then. It's really just the hour or the day before the actual show. So it's possible, it might sound daunting at first. It sounded daunting to us. We're like, oh my God, we have to play the apple bomb. Ooh, oh, yeah. you know, but <laughs> you know, here we are. So Matt, you're the one that edits our videos. Can you talk a little bit about um, any hardware or software advice that you have, suggestions, advice? Yeah, um, since everybody is at home right now and sort of stranded with nothing to do, um, Amazon delivers, right? That's great. Um, but we can get all the gear we want. Um, but I keep it simple. I, I mean, I'm not a photographer or I know enough to just make things look nice, but I, I'm no, by no means professional in, in, in all these. Um, so we actually been recording with our phones both of us. Phones actually make really good camera these days. So, I mean, you can, of course, get a you know nice video camera and do all the editing. But if you're in school, everybody has a phone. Everybody has some kind of recording device in the back of your pocket. Um, so we've been just using our phones. Um, our microphones on our phone actually sounds pretty good. That was also a surprise. Um, that one time I actually used uh, an external microphone was when we were doing Alex's Temple's um, piece and I was playing vibraphone. And that particular, for some reason, because um, it was pretty loud and, and there was some like distortion with the audio. So I actually have um, an external mic for the phone. Um, and they make mics like that, um, like 
I think a few years ago, there was an external mic just plugged in directly to the computer. You can use that as a USB mic. I don't have that because I have an actual like auto interface with you know a, a condenser mic. But that would means you know sort of syncing up the audio again and like I said you know, fast solution, either with your microphone on your phone or an external mic that just sort of plugs in um, to your phone. So this is like a condenser mic, but it just sort of just plugs into your phone. Um, and that 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 is the easiest way, I feel like. You can also get one of these for your camera. Like if you have um, DSLR camera, people do it a, a, a lot with like vloggers and sort of on the go interview and stuff. You will see like a, a mic mounted on, on the hot shoe. Um, so that's how, I do it. Um, mount wise, just sort of anything like this is like a cheap Amazon, um, like a tripod mount. Um, you know, just put your camera, uh, put your phone in. Um, you can record yourself practicing, and this is great. If you don't have a mount, you can use it. This is a great plug. You can use a wood block. <laughs> I forgot who showed me this, but that I did not come up with this, by the way. I'm not taking credit for this. Um, I, I forgot who, but, you know, remind me if you see this video. This is a great, you know, with blogging, just put your camera in this like this. Isn't it great? There you go. This is your mouth. Just put it in your, um, yeah. in your music stand. It it worked. Like, it just, it just you know, when you're practicing marimba, right, you just put it on the high end. You can see your hands. Great. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, I use two ring lights. One of them is here right now. It's one of those beauty ring lights. Um, a lot of them have uh, a camera mount already built in, so you can just sort of do do selfie video that way. It's it's you know good twenty bucks on Amazon, pretty cheap. Um, and that's it. That's sort of. I mean, we can get really into like, oh, do we want great camera and get great video and do all the editing, but whatever video you've been seeing on my social media on uh, the, the video I sent Black Swam, it's been recorded with my camera and the camera microphone. I didn't even use an external mic because that was not needed. That was, that was how I do it. Thanks so much Black Swamp for having us as part of the Sound Solution Project. We hope everyone continues to stay well and makes music and keeps practicing with all of your Black Swamp percussion gear. Keep your hands going, keep practicing. Stay safe, everyone. This has been a BSP production, recorded and produced out of the Black Swamp Percussion Home Studio. Audio and production assistance not provided by Jamel Taylor and Nathan Coles in this case. It was all me. But the intro and outro music was by Adam Hopper. Music sprinkled throughout the episode was from the Fisher Lau Project including works by Mark Applebaum, Alex Temple, Tony Shurkin, and Mauricio Cagle.